Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 344 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Lauren Fockler. Lauren lives near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where she is a veterinarian, and she is coming to us from her place of work, so we might hear bonus animals in the background. <laughs> right, Lauren? Yeah, you never know what you're going to get here. Glad to get tucked away somewhere quiet, at least. Well, that's awesome. So anyway, I'm really glad to have you here today. And you know I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting, and when was that? I'll start with the short version, but I'll expand upon that. So basically... I've struggled with my weight my entire life. I was morbidly obese as a child, morbidly obese my entire adult life. I actually had a doctor's note to join Weight Watchers when I was 10. 
Oh my goodness. And I'm just going to tell you this right now. Listeners can't see you, but I can. And you do not look like somebody who has been morbidly obese since childhood. It's crazy. I mean, I've been in maintenance for two and a half years now, which is amazing. I mean, I had lost weight before, but never maintained anything. All right. Well, spoiler alert. (laughs) We got to the end already, but Weight Watchers was recommended to you by a doctor at the age of 10. Yeah. And my parents were really worried about my dad's actually a physician and he's the one that signed my paperwork to join Weight Watchers. And not that like, I don't blame them for anything. They were just trying to do what they thought was right and trying to help figure things out. But anyway, so my old chief of staff, so a fellow veterinarian, had mentioned the obesity code to me in probably October of 2019, around that time. And I was like, yeah, no, I might look into that. I had considered, she was actually in Weight Watchers at the time. I was like, well, I've done everything else, um, which I'll get to. I was like, maybe I'll retry that. So we went on a cruise at the end of December, 2019, after Christmas, it was like a new year's cruise over new year's. And I'm not a big reader outside of like, you know, things I have to do for work. So around the plane ride and everything, I started reading the obesity code. I finally got around to it. And, you know, being a a veterinarian, very science minded, I was like, this makes so much sense. It just clicked and it made so much sense. The thing for me that was hard is when I started joining like intermittent fasting Facebook groups, they were all like the Dr. Fung groups that are like, keto, low carb. You can't have this. You can't have that. Absolutely don't post pictures of your food. Yeah. I got kicked out of one of those. Have you heard me tell that story? Yes, I have. (laughs) And it was like, I had lost the weight, but I don't know if I was running Facebook groups out of my own. I can't remember, but I was like, I'd read the obesity code. I was so excited. I had lost probably 75 pounds. And I'm like, I do fasting, but I eat the carbs. And they're like, that is not okay. And then they kicked me out. And then they mocked me after they kicked me out. Like they kept posting about me in the group. And they're like, wait till Jen regains all the weight with her life of carb addiction. And look at you, like how long later? Well, it's 2023. And that was probably, well, if, okay, it had to have been 2016 if I was in a fun group because the obesity code came out in 2016. So I, I did have a group by then, but it made me really sad because look, I firmly believe low carb is right for some people. Yeah. And no, there's just like everybody's gut bacteria is different. Everything is different. So things work well for different people, but I knew low carb was not going to be the lifestyle for me. So I I was reading that over vacation. We were on a cruise and I actually started on that vacation fasting. So on a cruise of all things, every other cruise in my life, I've probably gained like five to 10 pounds over the course of the cruise because you eat constantly, absolutely constantly. And so I started fasting on that cruise and haven't looked back since. Love it. So one thing about the obesity code, when I read it the first time, I was doing time-restricted eating, daily eating window approach at that point. And then I read it and then I was like, well, I'm going to switch to alternate daily fasting because that's what he really recommends in here. So I started doing that for a time. I did it for a time right after reading the obesity code. But what did you start with on that cruise? So on that cruise, I started with like a one meal a day, basically. It was like sort of what you kind of do now as a one meal a day, not like a, there was like a little bit of like a time. So probably like a 24, 
type thing. Like a multi-course meal, one meal a day. Yeah, multi-course meal. It has to be multi-course. I mean, there's so much good food. But yeah, so, and we went to like the nice dinners on the cruise ship. I just skipped breakfast. In the beginning, it was definitely really hard to watch other people eat when you're not like fat adapted yet and you're just like hangry. But I mean, it's hard to even look back and think about that time because I've been doing this for so long now that it's just part of my daily lifestyle. It doesn't bother me to watch other people eat. That's really, really true. And I want to point out one thing, that group that I got kicked out of, it was a a Fung inspired group. He was not in it. So it wasn't like Jason Fung kicked me out of his group. I wanted to clarify that because, and the reason I know what they said after I left is because a friend of mine was in it and she's like sent me screenshots of it. Oh, so you got the deets. (laughs) I did. I did. I'm like, that's really sad. But, you know, the whole idea of not looking at other people's food or seeing food that I remember sometimes people would come into our Facebook groups and they would be like, I'm fasting. I don't want to look at food. But you get over that. There's no way to isolate yourself away from food in the world. And so you cannot let yourself be upset by it because you're going to go to the grocery store when you're fasted. You're going to drive down the interstate and see a Burger King sign. It's impossible, right? Food is everywhere. I mean, I even like watching like I'll get recipe videos on like TikTok now and I'm like, I enjoy watching them even when I'm fasting. I was like, oh, I might want to have this later or make this later. We don't feel deprived or like we're missing out on anything because we know we can have it later. Exactly. It's just made a world of difference. So, but like I, in those fun groups, again, not ones that he was in directly, but just like the inspired ones. I had seen a post of someone basically getting yelled at for sharing their food. And they were like, they had recommended the delay, don't deny community then to, I had saw someone recommend that. And I was like, oh, I'm going to check this out. Because at that point I was already thinking, I was like, I don't know if this is going to be sustainable for me. I'm not going to do low carb. I'm not going to be able to you know, it needs to be a lifestyle. And and food is such a social thing in our society. I mean, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I love food. I like going out to eat. I like doing all of those things. So I was so relieved when I found your group. I listened, I got your book on audiobook. You started with Delay, Don't Deny, because at that point, Fast Feast Repeat was not out yet. No, it was not out. I did get that later and listen to that one as well. And it had some, I think it definitely would probably be the one I'd recommend to people first, but they both are definitely very helpful. But yeah, I got delay, don't deny. And I think the language that you used in there was actually really inspiring for me that it's like, there's not really going to be, I mean, I'm sure for people, there are going to be things that are off the table. But like, I was like, that really helped me to be in it. I did that you were delaying instead of denying. There's a book that was recommended by someone in our community called Willpower. I can't remember the name of the author off the top of my head. I have not read the book yet, but they talk in it about a study. And I'm just going off the top of my head here. There was a study that they did with people where if they delay something, like if you want to have it and you delay it, you say, I can have it later. When later comes, those people ate less of it than they would have if they had eaten it in the moment when they first had the craving. I'm like, that is really cool because the power of the delay, scientifically backed. <laughs> so you started to like, I imagine you joined our Facebook groups, which we, we don't have anymore, by the way, but yes. Yeah, so I joined the Facebook group and that was actually another thing that was really inspiring me that during that time is I, I got married in September of 2020. So I had my wedding date coming up. So I had... Got, I picked out a wedding dress before like the COVID shutdowns and everything. And by the time the COVID shutdowns were like opening back up, I had to 
switch out that wedding dress. It was too much to be sized. I did just get a different wedding dress. And then I had to keep sizing it multiple times before my wedding. But yeah, my original wedding dress was like a size 24. And then by the time I got married, I was in a size 14. Wow. That is dramatic. I did have really good rapid success. I know not everyone has that, but I lost the bulk of my weight. I've lost 150 pounds total. It's been a journey, but the bulk of that was in the first year. So the first year I lost 130 pounds. Oh my goodness. That is just astonishing. Your body was like, this is it. It just worked like nothing else before. And you were no, no stranger to dieting. No, yeah, I had dieted my entire life. Um, Weight Watchers, I did the injections, I did Nutrisystem, I did some of those weird things, you know, like the, oh, this is the military diet, or like, all those stupid things that, like, don't even make any sense why it would work, but you're just desperate. Right, and it's like on a piece of paper, and someone's sharing a photo of it, you're like, it looks good to me, I'm going to do it, right? So you started... And your body just responded immediately and the weight started coming off. What approach did you do at the beginning? So I started out pretty strict. I wasn't one of those like ease into it kind of people. Cause as you know, with your own dieting history, it's, it's really not a lack of willpower. It's just whatever doesn't work. But yeah, so I started pretty much with the one meal a day. And I will say like, once I started seeing success, I was pretty strict with it. Like I had like a one hour eating window which over time I had realized, you know, I don't necessarily have to be that strict, but that took time to learn as well. Yeah. Well, you know, it's exciting to see that happening. And, you know, we look back at, you've probably heard me talk about the carbohydrate addicts diet, Rachel Heller that wrote that. She was Dr. Heller. She actually lost weight with, I think, like a one meal a day and like a one hour window. Although that was not the plan she presented in the carbohydrate addicts diet. In the introduction, that's what she did. She fasted all day, had one meal in about an hour, and then that's what she did. She lost a ton of weight. But it really, really is. But I think she realized, oh, that isn't going to sell very many books at the time. This was the 90s. And, you know, it worked for you. And the one thing I would say, you've probably heard me say this, the big thing to worry about with a really short, tight, one-hour window day after day is that your body is likely to adapt sooner. But if, if you're still losing weight, your body's not adapting. <laughs> yeah, no, it worked for me for quite some time. And then for a while at my current weight, I was like, oh, I'm plateaued, I'm plateaued. And then I eventually realized, oh, I think I'm in maintenance. Oh. <laughs> so what weight did you start out at? 330 pounds. Wow. And that was my highest known weight. It may have been a little bit higher, but it was it was probably in that ballpark. Okay. So you're now, am I doing the math correctly, around 180? Yep, 180. And how tall are you? 5'7". Okay. So you had probably not seen 180 on the scale since like when? Since honestly, I was 200 pounds by the time I was like, 180 was probably not even middle school, like middle school range. I had never been 180 as an adult. The lowest I ever got as an adult was like just above 200. And that was when I did Nutrisystem in college. But yeah, no, I never saw like a one in front of my weight my entire adult life. So And I mean, I started out, I was like, oh, I just want to be like, uh, maybe like a size 14. Like I'll be like, I'm fine being plus size. I just want to be like smaller plus size. I wear a 10 now. I will say too, like I definitely have a ton more muscle definition. 
I like enjoy working out now. It's not a chore. It's actually more for my mental health than anything. So it's a big difference. I, I really like boxing. I go to boxing like three to four times a week. That does sound fun. You know, I like to do things that are fun. Yeah, no, it's fun. You get to like hit things. I mean, it's good stress relief. <laughs> I think that it would be. Yeah. Chad and I have just started playing bocce ball on the beach. Oh, that's which fun. Which is super fun. You're like throwing and walking in the sand. and. <laughs> yeah, anything that's just fun and gets moving, your body moving. I think it's so much better than being like, oh, I got to get this workout in so I can lose weight. You know? And I'm not very good at throwing throwing things, by the way. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We're having fun. That's what matters. That's what matters. We played a whole bunch of times and I won one time, one of the rounds. He won all the other rounds. So, and we're not scoring it right. We're just playing. We're not doing anything official, but I love that you have a lot of muscle and that's, what's really, really important because, you know, one of the biggest misconceptions about fasting out there is that, you know, oh, you're going to just burn up all your muscle mass and then you'll just be, you know, no muscle left. And that is not what has happened for you. No, no, not at all. My husband teases me. He jokes with me all the time. He's like, anytime we have to lift something heavy, he's like, come over here, muscles, help me with this. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> we all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face -face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. <laughs> All right, so... You lost it pretty quick, 130 pounds in a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very quick. I was averaging about 10 pounds a month after that first like little push, yeah. And like, what were you thinking while that was happening? I don't know. I guess I was just waiting. I was thrilled, but I guess I was just also kind of scared it was just going to come back. And I think every once in a while, I still do get that like in the back of my head. I was like, I don't want to go there again, you know, and especially when you've lost it and like gained it before. That really is true. And 
I remember the time that that finally struck me that, you know, when I was losing weight, gaining it, losing it, gaining it. One of the times I got to my goal prior to intermittent fasting and my stepmother said, well, maintaining is the hard part. I'm like, what? And then I finally realized she was right, but not with fasting. No, not with fasting at all. And I think that's why I was like so scared to officially declare myself in maintenance too, because I was like, I don't want it to get harder. Let's talk about that for a minute, about the, the plateau that ended up being maintenance. What was your goal? Your goal was just to lose as much as your body would lose. You didn't have like a number, like you weren't like, I want to be 150 or I want to be 130 or whatever. You just wanted to be out of the plus sizes if you could. Yeah, that was pretty much my goal. And then as I was losing and having more success, I think at first I just, I just wanted to get some of the weight off. I wanted to be able to, I've always been very adventurous. Like we paddleboard, we kayak, we do all those things. And obviously when you're a certain size, things are harder. I mean, I had to get a seatbelt extender on airplanes and I just didn't want that to be my life. So my goal was to just be able to enjoy doing the things I liked doing. I wanted to ride a horse again. So that was really my goal. And then as I started losing weight, I think my mind got a little greedy and I was like, okay, now, well, at first it was like, now I want to be under 200. That was reasonable. And then I was like, oh, now I want to be this weight or this weight. And then, you know... I think this, the 180 with my muscle structure and like still eating in a way I can enjoy my lifestyle, it's what works. That's really important. So you quote plateaued <laughs> and then eventually you're like, okay, my body is telling me this is where I will stay. And so you've been in that range for two and a half years. Yep. Two and a half years. And it, it fluctuates with my cycle. I mean, it's probably like a 10 pound range. I'll go from like 175 to like 185. So I usually just say like 180. That's what maintenance looks like. And that is really, really hard for a lot of people who think maintenance is a number. Like, you know, we have a number on our driver's license. Do you have a number on your driver's license in Pennsylvania? No, they don't put our weight on that, at least. Well, we do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everywhere I've ever lived, we've always had our weight weight on our driver's license. But, you know, people think that maintenance is your driver's license weight or whatever, but it isn't. It's, you're like, you know, going up and down around it. And of course, I don't weigh anymore because I don't like seeing fluctuations. But I know my weight cycles up and down certain seasons. It's normal. And sometimes you're going up and sometimes you're going down. But as long as, long as you're pivoting around that point. And then your menstrual cycle too. I mean, I know you're postmenopausal now, but yeah, your menstrual cycle makes a big difference too. Now, did, did you see any changes with your menstrual cycle with fasting? It did get a little bit more regulated. I still get really painful cramps, but they used to be actually debilitating. Like I like puke when I had cramps and I haven't done that in forever. See, I wanted to pop that in there because all of a sudden in the past few years, there's been a rise of, oh, women, you got to be careful. Don't fast certain times of the month, that sort of thing. But I think in practice, what we see is more regulated, better more regular cycles because you're not over restricting and that's the key. You're eating healthy foods, you're nourishing your body well. It I think it's more detrimental to over restrict. No, absolutely. If anything, I might eat better than I used to, like more calories. That's the part that blows people's minds, the fact that we're actually, you know, eating, you know, more calories than before and a lot of people just can't believe that that's true but I've heard enough people tell me. It's crazy. I have um, one of my technicians, I'll go out to dinner with her sometimes. And, you know, when they've known that I've been a faster and everything, but before going out to dinner, 
you know, they were like, oh, you like starve yourself or whatever. And then they see me eat and they're like, oh, no, you definitely don't starve yourself. I went to last week. I'm in a group of, of girls that goes to play trivia. We went and played trivia last week. We're going tonight again. But I was like, oh, a chef salad. That sounds really good. So I ate the chef salad and then I had like a, a pretzel. And then because I needed something starchy with it. But then as we're, we're playing, I'm like, I'm still hungry. And somebody had ordered this like pot roast dinner. And I'm like, I really would like to eat a pot roast dinner too. But I didn't because I was too embarrassed to order a whole dinner. I went home and had something else. But I was like, I'm still hungry. I need more food. But I cannot order a pot roast dinner in front of these people that I don't know very well. Isn't that funny? That's why when I'm getting stuff, I'm like, hey, I'll eat once a day. I can eat as much as I want. Yeah, but I just, I was like, they're going to think I'm crazy if I'm eating this pot roast dinner after I had this big salad and this pretzel. But I did go home and have something else. But yeah, we're definitely not starving ourselves. Yeah, I did for the first year. And actually, it took me a while to let go of it. I had my fitness pal and I would vlog literally every single thing I ate. And then I still did that even like, I think a year into maintenance, it's been about a year and a half that I haven't done that now. It's so freeing. Like I don't log or track anything, but when I was doing it, I was losing weight and like, obviously I was heavier. So I had more that I could eat, but I was eating like 3000 calories a day still. And losing weight. Yeah. That's amazing. Like you've got the data. They say most people underestimate how much they eat, but you were eating 3000 calories and losing weight. But just to not have to track anymore, too, is so nice. You know, I eat a lot, a lot of food, and I eat till I'm satisfied. Some days it's less than other days, but it's, you know, my body lets me know. Some days you're ravenous, and some days you're like, eh. That's exactly right. Are you in the fastest state right this minute? I am, yes. Me too. We're recording this. It's almost 4.30. I'm just going to wait till I get to trivia to eat. Yeah, we're in the same time zone. We are. We are. I'm going to have a burger with an egg on top. Oh, that sounds really and good. Fries. A brewery tonight, and they have like a dog friendly patio. So we're going to check that out and get some. It sounds like it has good food too. So, yeah, that, that sounds really, really good. But like, like I said, I've already figured out last week when I had that chef salad and the pretzel, I was like, no, I need more food than that. So the burger will make me much happier. And their fries do not make my stomach hurt. So. So you can have all of it, yep. I absolutely can, and I'm planning to. And we won trivia last week. Is it themed trivia? Well, we were going Sunday night. They have themed trivia on Sunday night, but Lordy mercy, themed trivia is hard. There's always someone there who like knows everything about that topic. And unless the theme was intermittent fasting or like diets of the world, I'm not going to be good, you know, or like things third grade teacher would know. I could do that. But reg- this Thursday night trivia is just regular. It's more fair. Yeah. I really like the company that does this one because it is stuff a third grade teacher would know, which helps me. <laughs> generic stuff. So have fun at at your brewery tonight. Are you going to wait till you get there to open your window? Yeah, I will. And so usually on the days that I work, so what my kind of fasting schedule is like now on the days that I work, it's still pretty tight just because by the time I get home, we'll have dinner around depending on the night six or seven. So dinner for me is usually maybe I'll have like a small snack or if we go out to eat, we'll have an appetizer and then we'll have our meal and then I eat dessert every single day. I mean, some days it's like like an ice cream novelty or something like that. But some days it's like a whole crumble cookie or like a big slice of cake. Just depends what we have. I love ice cream. But yeah, we I eat dessert every day. I realize that I'm still younger. How old are you? I just turned 32 weeks ago. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> but there may come a day where I have to kind of, you know, 
manage that a little better. I definitely eat a lot healthier than I used to. Like I crave like the vegetables and the fruits and like two weeks ago I was randomly craving and I don't even like salad. I was randomly craving like a strawberry salad. I got to go get this and it just hit the spot. Your body needed that for some reason, whatever was in there. Yeah. Like I don't usually order a lot of salads when I'm out, but that last week for some reason that chef salad called my name and I'm pretty much like at home, mostly vegetarian. But when I go out, that's when I'm like, all right, ready for a good burger. <laughs> yeah. It's nice having someone else cook it too. <laughs> it really is nice to not have to cook it all the time. But, you know, you're right. As you get older, you may have to be a little more careful about the desserts because that is true. <laughs> On the other side of menopause, I do have to be more mindful. Yeah. And I think too that like your appetite changes as you get older and stuff too, but I am a little bit of a junk food junkie still. So my tastes haven't changed in that regards, but they've expanded. Like I like a lot more of the healthy foods too. The more I read about ultra processed foods, the more there's a book, for example, ultra processed people. I don't know if I've mentioned it. I certainly haven't mentioned it since the episodes that are out, but I'm not sure if I mentioned it on an episode that comes out right before yours or not, but it's a new one. It just came out recently, ultra processed people. And it really does a great job explaining why ultra processed foods are so linked to the obesity epidemic and how that just changed everything. It's kind of scary. And like for a lot of people, like some of that ultra processed food is like just cheaper and more affordable. But I will say I've saved so much money fasting and we still eat out a lot. We eat out like two to three times a week and then we'll eat at home the other days. We do like the meal kits. We do HelloFresh, which I love that because I hate grocery shopping. Me too. (laughs) Otherwise I've done some recipes like TikTok recipes and stuff like that that we picked up, but it's nice. You save a lot of money fasting. I mean, there was a point before, right before I started fasting where I had essentially given up and I was like, you know what? Nothing's working. I might as well just do whatever the, whatever I want. And I was eating at McDonald's for lunch every day, which I've had McDonald's maybe like twice in the last two years. It's not that I won't eat it. It's just not what I want. Yeah, if I'm going to have a burger, I want it to be a better burger. Yeah, like a good burger, like from somewhere, like like an actual restaurant or something. That's exactly right. So, you know, I totally get the whole giving up thing. You had been doing this since you were 10. You had, you know, almost two decades by the age, you know, obviously you weren't quite 30 when you started fasting, but you had, you know, two thirds of your life had been consumed with dieting and worrying about your weight. And of course, your parents wanted to help you because, you know, morbidly obese as a child, that's got to be so hard for parents. But they didn't know how. Even before that, I was always a chubby kid. I remember getting asked in preschool by like one of the other little kids if I was pregnant. And I was like, I'm a kid. (laughs) And that's just like, you know, it's just so bad for your self-esteem growing up. Wow. I mean, a kid, kids just say the darndest things, don't they? They do, yeah. No. And like even to each other, they're just... No other fellow kid. I'm a child just like you. So knowing that we had worked so hard, you know, you said you had great willpower. You'd been doing all these diets and we tried so hard. And that's the thing that I want everybody listening to understand. I know you tried hard. I tried hard. Lauren tried hard. And fasting just almost feels like way less trying. It feels so natural now. It's just a lot easier. The worst, I think, I mean, Nutrisystem was a little rough 
The worst thing that I think I've done was the HCG injection. Yeah. So you did the actual injections just like I did. Yep. I injected myself in the butt every day. Uh Uh-huh. I think I did mine in my abdomen. I think that's where I did it, like in my little little pinch of fat. I would pull up the fat and stick it right in the little pinch of fat. I don't know why I chose my butt, but that's what I did. Yeah. Well, you know, I read the book. It was written by a doctor, like all of them were, and it made such good sense. No, it did. It made sense. And I lost weight on it. My uncle lost a ton of weight on it. He did great. Also gained that back, unfortunately. I mean, it it wasn't a sustainable thing. You were eating, what, like 500 calories a day? 500 calories a day. Yep, 500 calories a day. And it was really weird. It had like a list of foods you could have, and you weren't supposed to like just figure out your calories. It had to be just those foods. Yep, it was very specific. And then looking back on it, it's like I was injecting myself with pregnancy hormones. (laughs) But the whole theory was, you know, the theory behind the diet was that Pregnancy hormone protected your metabolism because your body thought you were pregnant and so it didn't want to sell your metabolism. Look, I can still remember. It made so much sense. Your body's like, well, you're pregnant. We don't want to sell your metabolism. We want you to grow this healthy baby. So anyway, that was the theory. But I always gained all that back. I think I did HCG. The first time I did it, I think it worked the best. And then I kept trying to go back on it. Yeah, same. I think I only did it a second time, but the second time it didn't work as well. I also think my body was fighting back by that point. My body was like, stop doing this. You're crazy. No, now you're literally starving me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But no, I've been there and I bet a lot of people listening have too. But no, I mean, this just has made so much difference. And I'm really glad that it was something that I discovered at that point in my life. So what did the people around you say as you're losing weight and you lose 130 pounds in the first year? So I got a lot of encouragement. It was definitely a lot of compliments, everything. Everyone was super nice and supportive. Everyone close to me in my life, you know, I don't think they really treated me differently for being bigger, but strangers definitely do. I think even in my job as a doctor, people, even though like I'm talking to them about their pets, but like people listen to me more in my body now than they did before. That really breaks my heart to hear. I know also, I remember when I was obese, 210 pounds going through life, I felt like people were looking at me differently. Whether they were or not, I felt like they did. And then you're so in your head. I was always in my head, but I'm certain you're right. If you feel that it's different, I'm certain that it is. It's really nice to like, and sometimes being someone that was big my entire life, sometimes it's you don't realize that you're not in that place anymore, you know? Yeah. So are you fully like, this is my body now? Yeah. No, I think I'm at a really good place of acceptance. I think I struggled with like the body dysmorphia of it for a while. I mean, the first time we went on a plane after I lost the bulk of it, I was like, oh my God, I got to get a seatbelt extender. I'm so worried about this. I'm so anxious about this. And then I was like, wait, no, I don't. I don't need a seatbelt extender. So how about loose skin? I know people think about that. How's your skin bounced back? Now you're young. Yes. Now I am young, but I did lose a lot of weight. So I did actually have a tummy tuck. So I did. I had my loose skin on my legs and arms weren't bad, but I did have skin removal uh, just because it was something I wanted for myself, I think, to make me feel better about myself. And I am so happy I did that. Um, I think if I would have let it go longer, I don't think my loose skin was as bad as it could have been if it wasn't for like the autophagy, but I just wanted it to be, I had never had a flat stomach in my life and I wanted that so bad. So my, and my surgeon did a fantastic job. 
I don't blame you for one second. <laughs> Not for one second, because I bet it felt amazing. Yeah, no, it did. And it was one of those things where it was like insurance didn't cover it. It was totally worth it. And I think that's what really changed. Like, cause you lose all the weight and then you have the loose skin. And I think for me, that really changed kind of how I looked at my body. Having the loose skin removed changed how you felt. So now you can comfortably feel good in your clothes. And and it made a big difference for like, I think my husband noticed the difference when I felt better in my own body too. I, it makes a huge difference. I can remember, you know, not wanting the lights to be on or not wanting him to look at me. Or keeping a shirt on all the time. Yeah, I bet he is so excited because he met you and fell in love with 330 pound Lauren. Yeah, I gained a lot of weight in vet school. I think when we met though, I was like, probably 250 pounds, but I got engaged when I was like over 300 and everything. So, and that's, I think also great that like, I know he's going to stick by me no matter what. He loves you, not the body that you're in, but you, your heart, your soul, your spirit and the body that you're in. But you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally get what you mean. And this has been so good for my mental health too. Mental health was something that I really struggled with. I still am on, you know, antidepressants. But it's not to the point of, I'm very well managed now. I think between, you know, the fasting, going to boxing, it's made a big difference mental health wise too. I think so. And just freeing up the mental space from having to worry about it all the time. That's one of the biggest things for me. I don't have to think about my weight or how am I going to lose the weight or what am I going to do about my weight or any of that. You don't even have to think about it. Your mind is now free to think about other things. No, absolutely. Yeah. You have so much more freedom. And then my husband even says all the time, he's like, you're like the, like the energizer bunny. You're like constantly going. He's like, you have too much energy. (laughs) Well, I love it. Me too. Me too. (laughs) So, you know, how has losing 150 pounds changed your life the most? I think it's helped me become a more empathetic person, honestly, because I can recognize other people's struggles, even if they're not like weight related or anything, I can recognize like how that affects their daily life. And also knowing that somebody can be trying their best and working really hard and still struggling with something. Like you see how hard you worked before you found intermittent fasting. And so you have a more empathetic view of someone else's struggle. Just because someone isn't like, you know, whatever the situation might be, doesn't mean they aren't trying really hard. No, exactly. And so I think that's been a big change. It's just made me a little bit more empathetic towards people. And it's just made me enjoy life and not taking it for granted. I mean, there were so many things where I was still doing a lot of those things, but I was getting to the point where I wasn't going to be able to. We go on vacation a lot. We travel a lot. We do a lot of adventurous things. I want to be able to do those things and, and be around for that and like enjoy it and not have to worry. I want to worry like, oh, I'm anxious to like, rappel down this cliff because I'm just anxious, not because I'm worried if the harness is going to fit. That makes a lot of sense. And you just move through the world so differently, everything about it. So I bet your parents are just so proud of you. They are. They are very supportive. um, And they helped me pay for my tummy tuck. Good for them. Yay, mom and dad. So I'm very grateful (laughs) to them for that as well. But yeah, no, they have been a constant support. They both have dabbled in fasting. My mom has also struggled with weight most of her life. And she hasn't quite fully been on that fasting train yet. She's kind of dabbled here and there. My dad has always been a fit guy. He's always been a healthy guy. And he has done fasting. He doesn't do it chronically, but he kind of 
fluctuates back and forth. He'll just do it when he feels like it. He's all for the health benefits of it and everything. I hear the doggy, everybody. I promise you, you would get pets at a, at a vet office. So there they are. You know, I think so many naturally fit and healthy people like Chad and your dad, they just naturally just ebb and flow with their eating. They don't even have to think about it. It's not too much of a struggle. He's 53 now. And then every once in a while, he's like, oh, I'm starting to get a little bit of a gut. But no. Oh, I'm the same age as your dad. <laughs> I'm actually probably older than your dad because my birthday is, what day is it? Three days. In three days, I'll be 54. Oh, well, happy early birthday. Thank you. Bye, everybody who's listening. My birthday's in July. We're recording this in July. But yeah, so I'm older than your dad. It's your birthday month. That's really cool. <laughs> Well, I love that. How about your husband? What what does he do? Does he do any fasting? He's always been very supportive of whatever crazy thing I'm on. I think at first he was like, oh, this is just another like weird thing you're doing. Okay, whatever. I support you. He does not fast. He tells me he will never fast. And I was like, you basically don't eat breakfast. I mean, he eats like a granola bar for breakfast. I was like, just skip breakfast. Just skip it. He's like, I can't eat that much in the morning. I was like, then just skip it. Don't eat it at all. He's... Not there yet. I think maybe eventually. He's very respectful. Even though I don't care, he'll like, if he's eating like a snack late at night, he'll go hide in the kitchen and eat it. Oh, that's sweet. He sounds like such a great guy. Yeah, he is a great guy. I bet one day he'll stop the granola bar or whatever. I'm waiting for it because I'm like, it's not making a difference in your life. It's just... It's making it harder. I mean, he would feel better with that. Like Chad was shocked when he stopped eating breakfast. I can remember he used to eat like these muffins that he would buy at Publix, these apples, something brand. He would eat two of those in the morning. (laughs) That was his breakfast. Of course, if I ate two muffins in the morning, I'd be like, all right, what am I having in one hour? Because now I'm starving. You're going to be so hungry. Yeah. (laughs) But I guess the fact that your husband and Chad could just literally eat one granola bar or two muffins and they're fine, probably says something about why they're so not worrying about their weight. Yeah. He's never struggled with his weight. I to this day, I'm envious of his ability to, he'll, we'll be at a restaurant and he'll leave the last bite of food on his plate and just not touch it. And I'll look at it and be like, why aren't you eating that? I know Chanty last night, I made this risotto and it was so good. And I was like, I felt the sign that I'd had enough to eat when I still had a few bites left on my plate and I ate them anyway. <laughs> I do that still. I still do that. Yeah. I hear appetite correction and sometimes I obey it. And sometimes I'm like, I'm just going to eat the rest of this risotto because it's really good. Chad did not. He did not finish his risotto. He scraped it into the trash. See, that's the, the smart thing. And yeah, my husband definitely better has that signal way better than I do. And like, I'll, again, hear the appetite correction, but I don't always listen. Yeah, that's always my struggle is listening to it. And, you know, people might think, oh, Jen has it all together. No, <laughs> I do not. Because it's just so good. My, my best strategy is just to put less on my plate, right? If I had put few bites less on my plate, I wouldn't have eaten them. I wouldn't have gone over there and gotten more. That's a great strategy because, yeah, if it's there, you're like, oh, it tastes better when it's fresh. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings at hundreds of stores, including Doc Martens, 
Ninja Kitchen, and Hotels.com. Prep for summer and save big on beauty, travel, electronics, and more. It's one of Rakuten's biggest cashback events, and it's on May 6th through May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Yeah, it's like, you know, we do the meal kits also, like like y'all do sometimes. And a meal for two, sometimes I'll just split it, go ahead and put it on three plates because I've already had like a really hearty snack earlier in my window and I don't need the whole entire serving. So we'll get three servings out of a two-person meal because, you know, Chad's not going to eat it all. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll have a snack later. That's exactly right. He has it for lunch the next day. Yeah, that's what every time I have leftovers, they go to Josh because he's like, These are mine now. I was like, What if I want them? He's like, You're not going to waste your meal on this. So that's exactly right. So, is there anything that you struggle with? So, I guess the struggle is still, like I said, I, I am still like kind of very much a junk food junkie. It hasn't been too much of like a hindrance, but sometimes the food noise still gets to you. And I think that just comes from struggling with it my whole life. I think I'm just a little bit more genetically predisposed to that. It's been very rare, but I used to binge eat. And every once in a while, I'd say maybe like once every other month, I'll still get into like a little binge frenzy. So that still happens rare, but it happens every once in a while. But this is not something that started with fasting. It was pre-fasting. Correct. Correct. Fasting has improved it. Yeah, because I know some people worry that like the restriction can trigger that in people with like eating disorders. But no, that was something that fasting has actually really helped. I'm glad. We hear that a lot. You know, we um on the community, we have one group on the Delay Don't Not community. We have a group for binge eating struggles, overeating. And that's the one that doesn't show up in the main feed. You have to actually go there to read about it. But you know, people do struggle with that, but it's not usually new and it's not something that started with fasting and it's something that's been there for a long time. And so people do often report that it's better. I think it is better because my body likes to eat a large amount at once. And with fasting, I'm able to do that in a way that's healthy. My body is the same way. My body likes to eat a large amount of food. I'm a more of a volume eater. And if I like start with like a tiny little bit of something, I'm like, nope, that I need more. Yeah, I got to have something else. So my, my opening snack is hearty. And by the time dinner rolls around, sometimes maybe my opening snack might have been bigger than my dinner. But that's when I run into issues is if in my mind, if it starts to get diet brainy and I'm like, oh, I have to eat smaller portions, that's what triggers a binge for me. Yeah. I don't like not feeling satisfied. Yeah, the food has absolutely got to satisfy me because if I'm not satisfied, I'm still going to be like looking for something and wanting something else. Like I said, after last week trivia, I went home and had something else to eat because I wasn't satisfied. You need to be content with it, yeah. Yeah, I have to feel like I've had enough. So that that's really, really important to me. So, you know, I know that you're young and... Did you have any health issues that you could pinpoint to your weight that have improved or had, had they not caught up with you yet? So I had some of the, like the little like warty, like insulin resistant skin tags on my neck. Those have all disappeared. Just some of the like, like the dry elbow stuff, nothing major. I honestly, probably I had avoided blood work for a while. I honestly probably was at the very least pre-diabetic if I'm being honest, but my, my blood work's perfect now. 
So yeah, nothing major. It hadn't really caught up with me yet, but I know it would have. And I think we were just able to to catch things in time. Yeah, I think that's really key because it, it would have caught up eventually, but you hadn't, you weren't old enough for them to have done that yet. But I mean, you've changed your entire health trajectory. I know. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm like, I wish... I don't know. I wish I would have discovered this a little, like 10 years earlier, but you know. I know. I wish I could, like I said, travel back in time and hand myself a copy of. <laughs> right. Hand yourself a copy of your book. Yeah. Like, like back to the future, you know, <laughs> get in the DeLorean, go back in time. But I still, I'm grateful for the years of being obese and the struggle because it, it, in contrast, it helps me realize how great it is to live like this. And it gives, like you said, it gives me the empathy. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it makes you appreciate what you have. Yeah. Yes. And it helps me also to understand where someone is coming from. Like if someone is really struggling with losing weight in the, even with intermittent fasting and they're like, I'm trying all these things and it's not working. I believe them. I believe that they're trying the things and they just haven't found the thing that their body needs yet because the body is really complicated. You know that as a veterinarian. No, it definitely is. Not everything's a simple in and out, like the, like the calories in calories out. It's it doesn't always work out that way, especially when you have like metabolic damage and everything like that going on. Yeah. There's so much that could be going on in your body that you don't even know what, what it might be. And that's why, you know, the trial and error and the figuring it out and the, the changing things up makes such a difference. So have you ever tried any alternate daily fasting or you just have stuck with the daily eating window the whole time? So I've done it twice for literally like a day. One time it was when we were headed back home from Montana and we were in the airport. We didn't have time to eat. And then there was just crappy airport pizza. And I was like, nah, I don't want it. So that was one time I had a 48 hour fast. And then the other time I think I was sick, honestly. So that that's what fueled that one. I've wanted to do it intentionally a couple of times. When I originally thought that I had plateaued, I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. But then I just got to like, home and I, I wanted to eat. So I know I like to eat too, <laughs> but you could try the 500 calorie down day. I wanted to try that. I think that might actually, I don't know if that would make me want to eat more, but I think if I could find a satisfying meal, that might work better. That really, really is the key. The key is finding the thing that satisfies you. And for me, it's not necessarily like, you know, for somebody that might be a giant salad, whatever. That would not be it for me. That would not be the thing that satisfied me. I, like for me, a really big baked potato with like maybe some butter or something or and, and, and some beans, maybe butter and beans on the, I don't know. But potato with a little bit of fat and beans just really fill me up. So other people might be like, that's crazy. That would be the worst for me, but. <laughs> I think potato would be good. I'd probably add like some chicken to it, but you're mostly vegetarian, so. Well, it's interesting. It's just meat doesn't really satisfy me all that. I know that sounds weird. Now, burger does for whatever reason. A a burger. Now, if I didn't have a bun with it, it wouldn't. (laughs) You're like, no, I need the whole thing. I need the whole thing, right? I need my meal to be well balanced just for satiety. If it's just carbs, no fat or anything, I'm not satisfied. And if it's just fat, I I need it to be like our grandmother said. No, yeah, good. Healthy balance, yeah. That's what I need for satiety, absolutely. So, you know, I know you're here sharing your story in the world, but you share with everybody that you're an intermittent faster? I do. I think most people in my life know. Work, they know because they see me not eating lunch every day, and they're just so used to it. My family all knows how I lost the weight and everything. I don't, like, share with, like, random people, but if people ask, I, I share. Yeah, that makes sense because it's something that could help them. 
Does anybody be like, oh, that sounds crazy? Yeah. The few times on Facebook where I've shared like my progress photos, I'll always get like a bunch of people that'll message me and be like, oh, how do you do this? And then I usually talk about it. And then I, I tell them to get past piece repeat. I'm like, just get the book. Like, honestly, it's going to make a world of difference. Plant those seeds. That's what I think. You know, even if someone thinks it's crazy and they give you a hard time, you've planted that seed and maybe, you know, they'll hear it somewhere else and they'll be cruising along somewhere and something will pop up and they'll be like, oh, I remember Lauren told me about that and she looks amazing. Maybe I'll look into that. Maybe just takes an extra time or two. And and I mean, if it makes a difference for their life, like even if uh, there's been so many people on the podcast that, yeah, they didn't need to lose weight, but like all the health benefits for them. I think everyone could probably benefit from it. I think so too. Unless you're pregnant, breastfeeding, or you know, anorexic, underweight, there's some things that you know, obviously you wouldn't want to do intermittent fasting. But if you're healthy and you're an adult and you're not underweight, <laughs> I think it's it's something that could really benefit all of us. I don't think we're meant to eat all the time. No, yeah, and I mean, like, just even you think about like any natural like lifestyle for like any species. Except for like, you know, the like grazers and stuff. But like, I mean, we weren't that. We were just like hunter gatherers. Like, we probably eat a big meal and then have to wait between it. You know. And also, aren't the grazers the biggest animals? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the largest animals in nature are the ones who graze all the time. They're like constantly putting in, I mean, they're eating grass or whatever. Yeah. They're they're eating grass. They're putting all their energy into digestion constantly. Their GI systems are so much more complex because of it. And then, I mean, like even like, so not recommending this unless you talk to your veterinarian, but I feed my dogs once a day and most people feed their dogs breakfast and dinner or some, a lot of people free feed their dogs, which I don't really recommend, but what about for cats? Cats, I wouldn't recommend only feeding them once a day just because they're a little bit more sensitive with that. Yeah. Our cats are free feeders, as you, as you call it. They're definitely not intermittent fasting and could probably stand to do a little bit more of it. They at least got a little pudge. Rinko has diabetes. Oh, no. Yeah. And <laughs> bless his heart, he has his little insulin shots. And Does he do good for it for you? He does great with his shots. He doesn't even budge. He doesn't, It's like he doesn't even feel it. So... They're good kitties. <laughs> but yeah, so dogs do the intermittent fasting too. And, and it wasn't even really an intentional thing. And actually my one dog, like it was my one dog was anxious in the morning. So he wouldn't eat his dinner and then the other or breakfast. So then the other ones would steal it. So I just was like, okay, I'm not going to feed you any of you breakfast. I just started feeding them all just dinner. And my one dog that was always, he was never like overweight, but he, he was like, he carried an extra few pounds and he's been good. Good. Love it. Slimmed right up. So we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? So one, it will get easier and it it doesn't take that long to get easier, honestly. And the other thing that I wish I had done, I was an intermittent faster for three months before I took my measurements. Um, Take your measurements because I have uh, my high like waist was like 47 inches, but like I'm sure it was bigger with the rate that I was losing. And it would have just been cool to see how much of a difference. So take And do you know what it is now? I haven't measured it recently, maybe like 30-ish. That's awesome. Wow. What a great feeling. 
it's great. But yeah, definitely recommend taking your measurements and the before pictures as much as you don't want to look at them, take them because I have a lot of before pictures, but they're of me in like jeans and a hoodie. Yeah. You are always going to wish you had the pictures. Yeah. I took pictures, I think also about three months in when I realized, oh, I'm really doing this, you know? And again, I understand though, there were so many times I started things and took the before shots and then I never got to after. So you're probably like, I'm so sick of doing that. But this is the one time that it's going to be different. Yeah, just take them. Because you can really see how much your body is changing. Sherry, my co-host on the Fast Feast Repeat podcast, shared a story just the other day about how she thought she was on a plateau for a long time and hadn't taken any pictures, but then she took new pictures and was shocked at how much her body had changed even though her weight had not. Yeah. No. And that body recomposition is definitely real too. Even after that first year, yeah, I lost another 20 pounds since then, but it, it, it looks like a lot more than 20 pounds. Yeah. Cause you're, you're preserving your muscle and you're losing fat. And we know that how fluffy and big fat is compared to muscle. Well, Lauren, it has been fabulous to talk to you and visit with your veterinary practice a little bit in the background. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing your story. And I'm so happy for your success. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. It was great finally like officially meeting you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.